November the 4th. Uh, there's going to be so many people on f- fucking Facebook thinking they're all clever because they watched a movie once. Yep. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Tuesday, November the 4th, 2020, and this is the 4th and Wrong Podcast. I'm your host, RJ. Joining me as always is Keith. Say hi, Keith. Hi, Keith. I almost drink water. <laughs> oh, like, like the, as as the, you had the, to the timing. The timing would have been... Uh-huh. Hi, Keith. Uh-huh. 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 So I chose to do it anyways. <laughs> I, yeah, just follow through with the joke. Fuck it. And now I've watered my sinus. <laughs> nice. Do you feel like you just got COVID tested? Not quite. That was more of like an up here thing. Uh, uh-huh. This is kind of a back here thing. Ah, uh, it's more of you an know, in the ears, not up the nose. Yeah. You know when it hits the um, dingly thing in the back of your throat? Uh-huh. Wop joke. Yes. No, <laughs> I got it. I you're, you've, you've reached the middle stage of hating things. Where I'm starting to do it ironically, and soon I'm just going to accept it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. See, although I agree with you, uh, I still feel like I've deferred far enough away from just the adjective joke Uh to where I feel okay with making WAP jokes, as long as it's not like those WAP jokes. Now you're you're just quoting lyrics because it's like, fuck it, that's close enough? Yeah. I mean, I want to be part of the... You know, the whole thing, too. You Part know? of the zeitgeist. Look at my hair. My hair is doing cool things today. Yeah, you got long. Yeah, it's getting all long and swoopy. Uh, I look very pretty. <laughs> it's only for you six people who watch this shit online, and by six, yeah. I mean four, because Keith and I are two of them. Yeah. Thank Matt, you for do you watching. you think I'm pretty? <laughs> He'll say yes. Of course. I think you're pretty. But Matt's, that, Matt's my main bitch. <laughs> okay, can we talk? Can we talk about football now, or we got other things to? I've... What were you playing with scissors with before we started this? Uh, I was rewicking my vape. Ah, okay. He's a ghosty boy. What do you think I was doing? He's a... I no, I literally didn't know, which is why I asked. Fuck. I, I did not have a did not have a guess. For those of you playing the home game, this is day three of me without alcohol. Hooray! You love to see it. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes. First podcast. Yeah, I think it would go fine. It's not like we you were like we were drinking in access while recording these to begin with. So yeah, yeah. We were you were drinking only... in in egress. Yeah, you would only get like one or two in by the time we were done. It's true. Like at the rate we had to talk about things, there was not a lot of sip time. Mm-hmm. 
Speaking about talking about things. Let's talk about talking about things. No, let's just talk about things. Let's just let's just talk about things. You let's just talk through, about things through the normal pattern. Yeah, we've got we got a rut. Let's stick to it. The sky is falling. So the Browns are a six-point team. The sky is falling. Uh, do what? Happened? Yo, dog, dude, that game was ugly as fuck, bro. And here's why. All right, so it was in Cleveland. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was cold. Oh, I it saw was, it was sleeting. I saw and there was, the kick. <laughs> yeah, and there was 35 mile an hour winds. So it very quickly became a possession game mm-hmm. because it was like, all right, get ahead and then try and then just like hold on to the ball because that's all we can physically do. We can run the ball and we can hold on to the ball and that's it. Um, and Josh Jacobs ran all over us. Uh, Miles Garrett was injured, so we had no pressure on fucking Derek Carr. Oh. We didn't even have to do much. Uh, yeah, we had to start using Miles Garrett as like pretty basically a rotational third down pass rusher. Did did he get a sack? Uh, no. So he's first time he hasn't had a sack since, since week one. No. So the streak is broken. Uh, Baker threw under forty or under fifty percent. Olivier Vernon had to though. That's not bad. Um, yeah, and the rest of the D-line D- tried to keep up, but, like, the biggest metrics that I took away from the game was uh, Las Vegas had 20-plus first downs. Yeah. And had 37 minutes time of possession to Cleveland's 22. And they also converted 57% of their third yeah. downs. Right, and they were constantly converting third. So they, it was everything we could do to get them off the field. Like, mm-hmm. they, didn't even, they didn't have to score because they got ahead by t- they got ahead by 10 and then just kind of fucking sat on it in the fourth quarter. Um hell, even when it was tied at the half, they were perfectly content just fucking or when it got tied in the third quarter, they were perfectly content just sitting on it until they took advantage of a of a, you know, a quick passing touchdown from Derek Carr. It was the ugliest game of football that I watched Cleveland play since uh, the last two times they only had one score this uh-huh. season. <laughs> um, but as far as weather games are concerned, even though it wasn't quite as snowy and miserable, this had serious remnants of like the fucking snowball and Buffalo from like 2009 and shit. It was just windy and ugly and shitty. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't like, there's almost nothing positive to take away from it because Odell's out for the season Miles Garrett was ineffective due to an injury. Uh, Miles Garrett still, you know, Miles Garrett still, or Baker Mayfield still dealing with a lingering rib injury. Uh, there was a lot of drops. He had like five drops uh, from his receivers. Uh, Jarvis Landry had an almost reception that's that got turned over. It was like the biggest play of the game for us. It was a twenty yard reception that he bobbled on the way and it got turned over, um, and that forced us into another field goal where we had an opportunity. Um, to score and make the game competitive again. And then, um, like, uh, Austin Hooper was out because he had an appendectomy, so he's recovering from a fucking surgery. Jeez, yeah. Uh, uh, running, but obviously Nick Chubb's still injured. Kareem Hunt was relatively effective, but we couldn't utilize him because even though it was a day... It was a day where we needed to rely on the run game. I guess the offense felt like they couldn't because mm-hmm. of going down the way we did. But... I think I think we could have leaned on the run a little bit more and create more opportunities in the passing game, but like our receivers were largely ineffective. Like the whole thing was a fucking mess. Like Olivier Olivier Vernon was like the bright spot. 
And Ronnie Harrison Jr. did fine with cleaning up tackles. Uh, we're starting to see some rotational players stepping up and playing some decent football. Um, but like I, you, you got to take it all with a grain of salt because the weather pretty much limited the ass, limits, limited the facets of how these offenses could play. I am almost convinced if we had as perfect a weather as you can get in First Energy Stadium, with the the way the defense and offense were banged up in this game, Las Vegas would have fucking ran away with it, like mm. r- like just straight up ran away with it because there was literally no indication coming into this game that we could stop Derek Carr. The weather stopped Derek Carr for us. But in turn, it also completely eliminated any offensive progression that we had that game. I was going to say stop uh, their kicker a little bit too. Yeah, fortunately, uh, uh, it wasn't... Maybe the windiest kick I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it was awful. It was miserable. It was ugly football. Like that thing, that thing almost hooked back into the fucking kicking formation. Like it was... It was hard to watch. Uh, fucking um, Sendejo's still a bum. Like, the dude looks like a fucking statue out there. I mean, he's fucking 45 million years old. Uh-huh. He was literally he was literally only there to be, like, a veteran presence, and injuries thrust him into a starting position. Um, and, like, he, he's fucking old and sucks. And, like, there's some fucking... This is not obviously not how I wanted the game to turn out, but it was, at least I can say, this is one of the few things I can take away from this game. It wasn't all our fault. (laughs) Acts of God contributed to the lack of efficiency as well, Mm -hmm. but it didn't do anything to, you know, squash any doubts, both internally and externally about Baker Mayfield and his ability to perform. Um, I think, me personally, I'm going to kind of take this game and just kind of put it away as mm-hmm. far as uh, a direct reflection of Baker Mayfield's ability because I, you put any quarterback in those conditions and they're going to struggle. Not Josh Allen. Dude, He's got an arm I'm to st- throw through anything. It cuts you. It's like a hot knife through butter. Yeah. It's just if, if, if only he could hit the butter. I mean, listen. <laughs> um... So, really, the big thing that I can do is just kind of chalk this one up and just move on with my fucking life. Uh, I have a couple you know, notes or uh, observations from from at least watching the highlights. Sure, sure, sure. Um, it did seem like Jarvis Landry was basically trying to carry the entire team um, with almost, his efforts. He almost, yeah, he almost had to. Um, I still feel like Kareem Hunt had an efficient day overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had 4.7 yards per carry. So that's not bad. It's just, you know, he didn't have a, 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 you know, a career day or anything. Sure, sure, sure. Um, We talked about uh, how you said uh, getting the ball and sitting on it was basically the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the Did you know the third quarter had two possessions? Yeah. 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 I didn't, I didn't note it, but I, shit like that, man. It's so frustrating. Uh. Uh, almost unwatchable football as far as like an entertainment standpoint is concerned like Mm -hmm. both quarterbacks averaged poorly both quarterbacks didn't do anything to light up the stat sheet it was just a slog it was a fucking slog and then my last note is just that josh jacobs uh carried the raiders uh with 31 carries 
for 128 yards. Yeah, he was he was efficient and didn't we could do didn't get in the end zone, but yeah, never got in the end zone. But he he put him. I mean, he you know gave him three scoring opportunities pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I'm just happy that we have a bye week this week. <laughs> yeah, we got two more weeks until our bye week. Yeah, so I can just take a break. I I wanted to go into the bye six and two, obviously for obvious reasons. You want to go into the bye on a win, but like this bye, I feel like is more important, less for locker room mentality and more for getting healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, the the people that are playing through these nagging injuries, we need a week. We genuinely need a week, especially because. We're getting into the easier part of our schedule. So we're going to, like, once we come out of the bye week, a little healthier, hopefully, and we start hitting the easy meat of our schedule. Because from this point on, we have statistically one of the easiest schedules in the league. Um, the only the only big outliers is the Titans, the Ravens, and the Steelers. We play the Texans, the Eagles, the Jags, um, the and the Giants, and the Jets. Um, so we have three games that... The three games that are winnable, but that may may be a toss up, and then the rest of the schedule is easy. It's a cupcake schedule, um, but we got to go into it healthy because if anything has shown us this season, um, we keep getting into shootouts with bad teams, and we're not going to be able to maintain that pace of play without some without key pieces being able to contribute a lot more than they have been because those key pieces are playing banged up. Mm-hmm. You know, Jarvis Jarvis Landry's playing hurt. Miles Garrett's playing hurt. Baker Mayfield's playing hurt. Austin Cooper's not even playing. So, and the defense, they're, I mean, they're hurt forever. So I'm not even worried about them. I'm just looking to go out. Like, we're going to be going out through the rest of the season on Blaze of Glory, just trying to get in shootouts with everybody because it's obvious this defense is not going to give us, do us any fucking favors. All right, we got anything else? Or is that basically all, all of the pain we have for this week? Um... That's it as far as the game's concerned. Uh, okay. Just, yeah, short Cleveland news. Um, we uh, Some players, so starting Monday, they conducted all team meetings and stuff remotely uh, because we have players that are showing symptoms Great. Of, of the COVIDs. Um, no positives yet, but they immediately went into an appropriate level of precaution, so we're just kind of keeping our eye on that. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be the first to know, six listeners, uh, ESPN probably, but it'll also, I'll retweet it. Is Shefty back? Because I retweet his shit all the time. I, f- I think so. Good. He was on McAfee the other day, so. Gotcha. So, Shefty will uh, tweet it, and then I'll retweet it. So, follow us on Twitter. There you go. <laughs> um, did you guys make any uh, last-minute moves here at the trade deadline? Uh, not that I saw. Nothing significant. Okay. All right. Uh, then we will move on to the Bills and the Pats game. Hey, Buffalo win- versus the Patriots. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, so the Bills are four and zero in the division. Suck it. Def- six and zero on the year, or six and two rather on the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitively in number in number uno in the AFC East. Yeah, definitively, and we at least ha- like break even on all tiebreakers now. Sick. So we still play Miami one more time, and we still play New England one more time in New England, like at the end of the year. Um, but yo, the Patriots are two and five now. Uh, oh, how the mighty have fallen! Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I don't mind being the bully in the division for right now. And if Greg ever hears this, yes, I'm talking about you too. Your team sucks. It sucks so bad. It's the worst team in the league. Enjoy your new quarterback. You've already broken one. Don't break the second one. Yeah. That's that's my Jets minute for this week. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, So as far as the game goes, uh, the running game finally showed up. uh, Looks like it. Which was nice. Um, Both Devin Singletary and Zach Moss broke 80 yards. Um, Zach Moss really did a surprising amount of heavy lifting by getting into the end zone twice. Um, he did so, I believe, on our first drive, which I didn't see because I was still driving back and or, and or getting my shit together on Sunday. Yeah. Um, uh, and then in the third quarter to on our first drive, he mm-hmm. got in the end zone again. Um, to be fair, so this prompted some people to start talking about, like, oh, Zach Moss is the new number one running back in buffalo and i'm like no first of all no and second of all no um new england is like terrible against the run like god awful Mm -hmm. yeah so new england's 27th and run defense uh and people are suddenly clamoring for zach moss because oh the rookie came in and had a good game um again if you look at the stat sheet devin singletary Put up five more yards. I mean, he still was out there, you know, doing the same thing. Yeah, I would say that Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, from my side of the fence, both had an equivalently good game. Yeah. In in a in a committee scheme, I noticed a, a little Buffalo rushing stat. Uh, Josh Allen ten carries. How many of those were designed runs? Uh, again, I didn't see. I got. Uh, to the game with uh, two minutes left in the first half. Gotcha. Um, but still a fair number. I mean, you can see he only passed it 18 times. Yep. So, uh, but that was kind of the story from both sides was uh, Cam and Josh were both like game managing and trying to let the run game take over for the most part. I mean, Cam threw it a little, you know, Cam threw it a little bit more, um, mm. but still only 25 attempts. Um, and still 174 yards with no touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh got in on a rushing touchdown. Um, he did also throw a pick, if I remember correctly. It was a tip. Yes. Or no, 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 no. It was a um, digs uh, on like an out route, or not an out route on like a like kind of a wheel. Uh, that's not right either. Whatever. He was running up the sideline. Um, and basically he cut towards the sideline instead of cutting in towards the numbers. Um, mm-hmm. and Josh threw it the opposite direction and the corner was just like, that's mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seemed like mostly miscommunication on that front. Um, because Stefan put up 92 yards on six catches himself, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty much all that Josh threw, <laughs> you know, on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Um, considering Stefan had more than half of Josh Allen's completions. Right. <laughs> uh, so, basically, you know, we ran by committee, they ran by committee. It was kind of funny towards the end of the game, like, just how much of a mirror match it was 
mm-hmm. you know, because the whole big thing is like it's the Josh Allen Cam Newton game, and maybe they talked about it earlier in the game of like comparing the two of them. But by the time we had gotten to this point, like points were on the board, and you know the commentators had other shit to talk about. Sure. Um, but you know, it's the thing where it's like they're both six five, highly athletic, big dudes. Cannon for arms. Cannon for arms. Struggle with accuracy at times. You yeah. Know. Um, Josh Allen's the white Cam Newton. I've been saying it for a while now. So uh, they had a very similar game down to the same point where um, when Josh called his number and ran it into the end zone, on the next drive they drove all the way down and then Cam ran it into the end zone. <laughs> and it was like, okay, you guys. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and th- so we didn't really close the game out. Um, this we really should have had twenty eight points, um, uh-huh. or twenty seven points. No, twenty eight. Um, well, twenty eight would have mean two safeties at some point. Well, no. So we should have we should have driven for a touchdown on our last drive instead of getting a field goal. Gotcha. Um, but we came up short on that um, because I think we're still number one in the league in uh, third down conversion percentage. Um, which is a crazy stat because for so many years it was like, oh, third down, grab your helmet. I mean, again, we talked about this on an earlier podcast mm-hmm. where uh, Micah Hyde said exactly that. Yeah. Um, so it should have been 28-21. But our guy here, uh, Justin Zimmer, who you can't really see, uh, goes and punches that ball out from Cam Newton as they're, like, driving down the field. And they're doing it in, like, the scary Patriots way. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, we're There's coming down the field and you gave us two minutes and we're not using our timeouts yeah. and we're getting out of bounds here and there. But we're also eating this clock, so when we're done, you're not going to have any fucking thing left. It was that strange wind of a Belichick comeback in the air. It's like, oh no, <laughs> this guy's done it before. Yeah. And you saw it coming. And then out of nowhere, this fucking barrel-chested fucking tank of a man comes rumbling around the corner and goes bap <laughs> and punches punches Cameron right in his fucking hands and uh and he drops that ball mm-hmm. and then our backup safety Dean Marlowe runs up and scoops it and that's the game because there's like 30 seconds left and I went holy shit <laughs> squawk out of there squawk squawk Squawked a duck. Squeaked that one out. Yeah. So, in squawking that one out, uh, we moved to 6-2, and two, uh, 4-0 and oh in the division. Um, I, and the funny thing is, is Miami's got the best shot at catching us. Weird. So. Weird, weird game. Uh, weird, weird game. Not, not necessarily a good game. Um... <laughs> But, and again, if you look at if you look at the overall team stats, like very even, like throughout the entire game, like New England lost one fumble, Buffalo threw one interception, mm-hmm. uh, they allowed two sacks, we allowed one. They had fifty percent third down, we had forty five percent third down conversion. The time of possession was thirty minutes and forty six seconds to twenty nine fourteen. Like, it's a close ass game. Just a little bit. Um, but it. F- it feels good to uh, to beat the Patriots. Um, Always. For the first time at home since 2011. 
and for the first time since Sean McDermott's been our head coach. So, yeah, I mean, there's there especially with you guys or how how you guys are positioned in the division now. There's definitely still a storm a brewing uh, with uh, Buffalo. We. <clears throat> It's the most Buffalo thing that the year that we'll host a playoff game, nobody will be allowed to go to it. Yeah. Um, I still would like some more questions or some more answers about Josh Allen's regression over the past few games. You know, um, I th- I think a big part of what's hurt him is, uh, is John Brown's been injured, and that has kind of thrown off our wide receiver room. Like, Stefan Diggs is still putting up numbers, but people are double covering him constantly. Like... Sure. And John Brown's got that got that year of rapport, you know, mm-hmm. behind him and Josh. And John Brown's playing. John Brown's playing. He's just on a snap count right now, isn't he? Uh, he's he's been in and out the last couple of games. Yeah. Um, but I yes, I, I agree. I would I would I think figuring out what's up with Josh and why we're going back to hero ball. What I what my biggest question um, would be is if it's like. Is it him or is it the play calling? Because I feel like early in the season when they let him, when they you know let him just rip with it, mm-hmm. you know just he let was him go put, out there and spin it. He was putting up, he was putting up yards. We were getting completions, like we were winning the games. Again, they still weren't close, but we were like, or they still were close, but uh, mm-hmm. but we were putting up more points than we've been putting up lately for sure. Yeah, and it was just an overall more, overall more. Uh, I want to use the phrase trustworthy offensive performance. Like, you could believe the way the Buffalo was playing at the beginning of the season. You could believe that if times got tough, uh, that the offense had enough steam to where they could just keep doing what they're doing and maintain mm-hmm. the maintain the pressure and keep putting points on the board. Now, over the past couple of weeks, even though Buffalo still won a few games over the past couple of weeks, uh, I, I don't have that same... Remember at the beginning of the season where uh, we're, we're, we were both struggling with a new unfamiliar, fe- unfamiliar feeling of confidence. confidence? Yeah. Um, Especially because Buffalo isn't my team; it's just a team that I root for. Mm-hmm. Um, that confidence is kind of waning. Maybe not so much for you, but that confidence that that Buffalo can stay in, uh, stay in games that are kind of getting away from them. I mean, look what Buffalo did to LA. You know, like can Buffalo do that on a consistent basis? Because they're at this point in time, I'm calling it right now. Take stamp it. Uh, Buffalo is going to be in the playoffs. I um, think that's I think that's a pretty easy take at this point. Yeah, and then they're going to run headfirst into Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore at some point. Well, assuming they make it out of the first round. Yeah, if they I make mean, it out of the first round. The real thing is, is that Buffalo might get Baltimore, or if Baltimore pulls some shit, um, might get the Steelers in the first round. Like, yeah, like the only thing disrupting that dynamic is if the Browns get their fucking heads out of their asses. Right. And figure out what we're going to do in the wild card race. But, you know, I could very easily see the Bills catching somebody from the AFC North mm-hmm. in the first round and even being a home game, that being a problem. Also, if Andrew fucking Cuomo doesn't open up the goddamn stadium and let people, this is the one time I will make an exception. Like, <laughs> like fucking super spreading is a bad thing, but if they don't yeah. open up that goddamn stadium and let fucking fans into the game, if we're hosting a home playoff game, it'll be a goddamn tragedy. Yeah. It'd be probably one of the saddest, like simultaneously one of the happiest, but most disappointing days in Buffalo history. Yeah. It's like, hooray. Uh, we get to, uh. because, cause the last time you guys made the playoffs, it was like a, like it was a fluke. Like 
what was, last year? Yeah, last year. When we went ten and six? Or no, the last the last season you guys had Tyrod, so yeah. three years ago. Three years ago. Um yeah, three years ago when you guys made the playoffs. Yeah, that's was, that's when yeah. Andy Dalton uh put yeah. us in the playoffs. Best quarterback right. in Buffalo. Yeah, we expected like we, it was on the backs of it was on the back of a team that nobody expected to win a game. <laughs> um well, yeah, we literally, like, I mean, we literally won our last game and still needed Cincy mm-hmm. to win, and they converted that, like, ridiculous 4th and 18 or whatever for a yeah. touchdown. Yeah, right. A little, a little side note, a little aside, of a thing that I realized I enjoyed watching a lot more than I did, um, because I've been watching a lot of, like, MLB stuff, is I, like, and enjoy, I enjoy watching sports teams, professional sport teams, like sitting in their locker room or their facility or whatever, and just watching sports like regular people, uh-huh. bec- because uh, the teams they're watching, it's all contingent on whether or not they move to the postseason. Right. So they're just like sitting there on bated breath, just like the rest of us, and like you can see the fear and the jubilation in their eyes and all that fun stuff. It's weird. It's nice watching people like that uh, be humanitized occasionally. Yeah, and if you want to um, see that, definitely watch the uh, Turning Point episode that they did on that play because it's just the entire Bills team in the locker room staring at one TV up on the wall. Mm-hmm. And then losing it. And then just almost destroying the locker room. Yeah. As they should. <laughs> it was a big moment in Buffalo Bills history. It was a good time. But um, let's let's talk about the now. In the now. So, like, the only takeaways I really have from that game, because I didn't watch it, uh, mm. is um, pretty much the comments about Josh Allen is, like, uh, I tend, from the highlights I saw and from what little bit I did watch, I tend to agree that it was a very mirrored game between the two teams. Uh, I just, I want answers for Josh Allen because I just worry as you guys get deeper into the season, because uh, your schedule's not terrible for the rest of the year. Um, you're playing some tough teams. Um, but there's definitely some winnable games there, but it's the tough teams are the ones that I worry about. Like, yeah, no, um, I'm, I mean, it's what, it's what I said a couple weeks ago where it's like, I don't think, I don't think the bills are necessarily a contender at this point. Like they've got to show me a lot more, especially on defense and the offense has to get their shit back together again. Like the offense has shown that they can do it. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, the defense hasn't really been there all year. So, like you're saying, you know, what's it going to be when when next week we go up against uh, Mister Unlimited uh, and DK Metcalf, and you know, their defense is not really stellar right now. But say, fortunately for you, God, dude, I want that game to be like the the Josh Allen confidence builder game uh, because both those teams, like both the Bills and the Seahawks, have the capability to just to fucking throw all over each other, right? <laughs> because both secondaries are struggling right now. So, mm-hmm. um, if anything, there might be some fireworks next week. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I think it's Micah Hyde's injured. I think that's who, um, who Dean Marlowe, who recovered the cam fumble, mm-hmm. was in for. So, gotcha. watch that injury report. Levi Wallace has been on and off of it. I think Josh Norman, I can't, I don't know if Josh Norman's on it right now or what. Uh, but I feel like I haven't seen him in the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's about all I got. Um, if we're ready to move on to the next one, sick. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the two teams that I briefly mentioned a minute ago as potential opponents for the Bills. 
Um, the Baltimore Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore Pittsburgh game. Okay. Um, I just wanted to briefly note that the Steelers remain undefeated. Uh, Correct. Uh, J.K. Dobbins came out and had a big game, uh, 113 yards, averaging 7.5 yards per carry. Um, and the other interesting thing is the Lamar becomes the first quarterback of a trend you're going to see this week, uh, where he lost two fumbles and threw two interceptions. So he had four turnovers. He had four turnovers. And, and he was sacked four times. Mm-hmm. How many? How many is that, Tom Brady? <laughs> E.T. phone home, Tom Brady, four down. Was was that really a trend this week? Yeah, so we'll get to that. I've got, I'll I'll but that's have, basically all I've got from Baltimore Pittsburgh. Because um, I have my I have my quarterback discussion notes up and that wasn't on my list. Oh yeah. I got a I got a couple more. They're coming. Sick. Um let's so yeah, that's all I got for Baltimore Pittsburgh. Unless you got anything, did you watch very many games this week? You seemed uh, like you were not I watched, particularly in the mood. I watched the games I wanted to watch. Okay, so um, Baltimore Pittsburgh was not one of them. Um, I was hoping. I honestly, my hope was that Baltimore would beat Pittsburgh to close the division a little tighter, uh-huh. um, because it's starting to feel like it's Pittsburgh is perfectly poised to run away with it for the rest of the year. Because they close out the back half of the season playing the Cowboys, Bengals, Jags, uh, football team, you guys, uh, the Bengals and the Colts, and then us. And then they have one game, one more game with the Ravens. So, like, they've already beaten the Ravens once. They've already beaten us once. Every game on that schedule is winnable for them. Like, with without a question. I mean, so, with the way the Steelers are playing right now, one would argue... Any team is beatable by them right yeah. now. Well, right. Well, I just mean like they've gotten they 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 haven't gotten like the Ravens. The Ravens, the only team they've played where it was like the team. You know mm-hmm. that is like like that would be similar to them playing Kansas City this season. You know what I mean? Like just one of like the big AFC juggernauts. Uh, like that ain't it anymore. They play the Ravens one more time, and then the rest of the schedule is pretty cupcake. So I'm pretty much relying on the Ravens to like keep that gap narrow and then us if the ravens can split it we can split it and then you guys beat them that'd be cool maybe an upset from the Bengals, so the whole division is split in half i would be okay with it (laughs) you know if if the if they could just go ahead and lose out that'd be great yeah how about just uh everybody just start dogpiling on the steelers um pittsburgh does have to come to buffalo so yeah yeah um and I think Baltimore is struggling right now with some inconsistencies on their offense. Um, it's amazing what happens when you get a year's worth of film on somebody. Uh, the only person we've seen to kind of transcend that label was the year split from Patrick Mahomes' first year to a second year. And even this year, like Patrick Mahomes is still playing really, really good football, but he's not looking like he's a fucking monolith of football acumen this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's amazing what happens when you get some film on somebody. Um Got to rope in then turnovers, Baltimore, if you want to win football games. They kept it close, though. Yeah. All right, we ready to move on? Yeah. All right, so my next game is the Rams and the Dolphins. That's actually the only other game that I watched. Okay. Besides the late game, so cool. 
So, um... Tua oh. gets a win on his first career start. Woo! I was going to say, yeah, Tua, not statistically impressive, but didn't really need to be, because apparently this game was just wild, hot bullshit from front to back. Because, yes. man, I watched these highlights, and holy shit. Um, you want a stat? I got a stat for you. How many total yards do you think Miami had? Offensively. 100. 145. How many total yards do you think the Rams had offensively? It felt like a million. 471 to 145. Sounds about right, but... With Jared Goff throwing for 61 attempts. And Jared Goff continuing the trend. Responsible for four turnovers. (laughs) And two picks and losing two fumbles. Yep. Thus those four turnovers yeah so he joins lamar and is the second one on the list uh and then i've just got i got a fun fact that i stole from a website oh yeah uh tua is the first left-handed quarterback to start since kellen moore in 2015 the four Mm -hmm. season drought without a left-handed starting quarterback is the longest ever in the super bowl era well yeah because mike vick played forever except for when he was in prison well, but there, yeah, but there was like no, there was none in the league, like no, or I guess no starting quarterbacks. Gotcha. I would, I would assume this is starting quarterbacks. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, left-handed starting quarterback. Gotcha. Um, but those are basically all the notes I had. What did you see from this game? Because it felt like a game where as soon as something would go wrong for the Dolphins, it would go comically wrong for the Rams. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the exact same camp you are. Uh, definitely nothing impressive from Tua, but like you said, didn't really have to be. Uh, nothing impressive from the running game, but like you said, didn't really have to be. Uh, what is impressive is uh, Dolphins, the amount of pressure the Dolphins were able to get on that on the Rams offensive line and on Jared Goff directly. Uh he was shook. He, he was running like he, for his he was running for his life. He you looked know, like he was, he was pressured having a on bad more time. Than, yeah, he was pressured on more than thirty percent of his dropbacks. Jesus. That's twenty of them. Or like twenty something dropbacks out of his like fifty or sixty in the game. Like, yeah. So every, so every third every third time he snapped the ball, he had defenders in his face. That is not a way to uh you know conduct you gotta play yourself. better football <laughs> um and the other thing is uh, all four of all four of jared goff's turnovers occurred in the first half mm-hmm. um and one was for because def- nothing happened in the second half <laughs> nothing happened in the second half one was one was returned for a touchdown uh, and then the second half, it was like Miami was like, well, now we're up fucking, they were up 28-10. So they're like, if we just keep punting it and then shoving pressure back in Jarrett's golf face, they can't climb back into this one. And the one of the few times where that was relatively correct. They, they were sc- right. <laughs> <laughs> they only scored one time for the rest of the fucking game. Uh, on both sides of the ball, the Rams only scored one time. It was in the fourth quarter and what was arguably garbage time at that point. Uh, it was, it wasn't ugly in a way that I would normally consider an ugly game, like a low scoring, everybody looks 
you know, discombobulated and everything's all fucking shit. Like, like you said, this game was just wacky. Yeah. It was, there was the fucking, it was Miami's defense just pretty much saying, Sean McVay, you ain't going to do shit. And then them just turning over the ball back and forth to each other. <laughs> I, I really got to say, like, of all the teams, Miami might be the Florida man of football teams. And not just because they're in Florida. Because it always seems like they're the ones in the middle of some wacky bullshit. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. like, that, like when they beat uh, the Patriots at the end of the year to knock mm-hmm. them out of the number one seed on the fucking weird ass end around. And you're like, Gronk, mm-hmm. how do you miss that tackle? Also Gronk, what are you doing on punt coverage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, why are you, why are you on punt coverage? Uh, um, to having the only left-handed starting quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Why you got to be different Miami Right, coming, coming off of a quarterback that won a game this year, won a game with like four touchdowns and four interceptions. Three Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. one particular game with those. Yeah, stats, like, yes. <laughs> like, like they're all gunslinger. Into some yeah, right. The fucking the they're. I do feel like Miami's defense is definitely saving them on a lot of these games, mm-hmm. uh, but it's always on some like wacky shit. You know, like they had they had on this game they you know like like you said there was the two interception two fumble stat from uh, Jared Goff uh, one of the turnovers were uh uh returned for a touchdown um the there's a, a, an unbelievable amount of pressure in jared goff's face the whole entire rams offense was doing everything they could to recover like just looking at the efficiency numbers and i don't like to harp on stats a lot but like like cooper cup had 11 receptions for 110 yards on 22 targets mm-hmm Fucking Robert Woods had seven receptions on 26 targets. They were just doing everything they could just to get the ball out of fucking, out of, uh, or out of, uh, no, I read that one wrong. No, his longest reception was seven, was 27, or 26 yards. Yeah, so it was mostly just Cooper Cup. He had 11 receptions on 20 targets. Uh, obviously the marquee receiver of the game, and obviously just a lot of fucking jared goff just trying to get the fucking ball out of his hands because yeah miami was mauling him like a pack of wild dogs because cooper cup was probably running those white people routes just running white people routes like just please get open please get open (laughs) (laughs) and uh if if you're to ask me like a lot of people over the past couple weeks have been like oh the rams seem like they're back on track and i said it too at one point it's like they feel like i feel like the rams are kind of back on track and then miami just comes in and just goes we're a meme no you're not (laughs) Brian Flores, Brian Flores ain't nobody's bitch. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I mean, my uh, listen, Miami's four and three. Miami might fuck around and threaten for a playoff spot out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to you got to remember they've got Shaq Lawson and Kyle Van Oy on that defense still. Yeah. Like, well, well they, and they got some playmakers. <laughs> Yeah, and at this point in time, I know it's still a little bit early to talk about playoff picture, but Miami's only one or two games out of a wild card spot right now. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, of how the how the how the conference is shaken down. Let's be honest, they're only one or two spots out of the division. Yeah, to be yeah, fair. Like they've played only, they've played one fewer game. So Yeah, so technically they're only two and a half games back or some however that stat shakes out. I think it's because one and a half, but yeah, because yeah, they missed a game. And they're on a three-game winning streak, so 
they've they've turned a one and three into a four and three pretty fucking quick. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that's gonna fucking happen, and I think we're gonna beat the <laughs> shit out of them the second time we play them. But you know, it could. It could. Things are looking exciting. You know, it would be fun if yep. your team, my team, and Dustin's team and Darren's team made it in. And we all said, suck it to Greg and, uh, you know, yeah, well, Eagles fans. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, fuck Greg. And Joey. Your team's bad. We're going to talk about how your team's bad later. Hell yeah. Uh, but if we're ready to move on. Yes. Okay, Vikings Packers. Yeah, uh, watch it. Or the, uh, or more specifically, um, Dalvin Cook versus the Packers. So that's really all I've got on this game is it was basically just Dalvin Cook running the ball however he wanted and they couldn't stop him. Nope. Um, And Aaron Rodgers, like, statistically didn't have a bad game. I mean, 27 for 41, just shy of 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. That's a good game. That's a – some people would call that an average Aaron Rodgers day. Yeah, you know. That's no that's a that's a bad day, but his bad days are career days. Mm-hmm. So I uh, mean, it seems I, it seems like Rodgers did what he could and it just wasn't enough. Yeah. It's almost like the Packers last year uh gave up the most yards after contact of any other team in the NFC and then got no defensive pieces in the offseason or something. Yeah. Wild. Hmm. Maybe don't draft a quarterback. Yeah, maybe don't draft a quarterback. Uh <laughs> Uh, next up, um, I've got the Tennessee Bengals game. Boo. <laughs> why, why boo? Because the Bengals won. Oh, now we don't like the Bengals winning? I mean, I never I know like the Bengals winning. But you like watching Joe Burrow and watching him have a good time? I like, I like watching young quarterbacks succeed in the league, but they don't have got to win while doing <laughs> it. That's bullshit. Yo, put up, when my, put up big stats, just not dubs. Especially when my man Ryan Tannehill and D. Henry trying to go out there and run the goddamn league. Yeah, so Tennessee slipping for the second game in a row mm-hmm. uh, to the Bengals, who can put up points, apparently. I mean, arguably probably one of the m- most underrated offenses in the league. <laughs> um, have you seen Joe Burrow throw it to T. Higgins? Because it seems like that connection is working out uh, really well. Yeah. I'm starting to notice a trend since yeah. since Joe Burrow is starting to get comfortable in his own shoes. Uh, T. Higgins, man, he's open a lot for that guy. Um, and uh, I'm, st- I'm man, it's man, f- fuck the Bengals. Well, I felt like this was a great example of like in any given Sunday, this is why they play the game type of yeah, game because yeah. the Bengals should not have come out and whooped up on the Titans like this. No, this is this is a perfect example of the parody in the NFL. Um, if you could run this, but you could probably run this game back a million times, and the Titans would win it ninety ninety percent of the time. Ninety million uh, times. Yeah, and it that, just, that's how that math works, right? Carry the nine hundred thousand times. Yeah, maybe. Um, ninety million. But on this past Sunday, this is how it turned out. Yep, and the Bengals, the Bengals did enough, like by the fourth quarter. <laughs> um, also, let me just double check this real quick to confirm. 
Oh shit. Who else did the Bengals beat? So what? Oh, oh, that's what it just was. So they, by they by my own Jags. by my own rules, um, the Bengals are a better team uh, than the Bills because the Bills are a better team than the Chiefs. Because remember the the Bills beat the Raiders and the Raiders beat the Chiefs, so therefore the Bills are clearly better than the Chiefs. Well, the Bengals just beat the Titans and the Titans beat the Bills, so clearly the Bengals are a better team than the Bills. Does does that math hold up though? If like, no, so, not even a little yeah. bit. Because <laughs> Kansas City, so like yeah, you guys lost to like. No, it's a terrible rule. There's, there's, we don't have to think about it this hard. It's well, just, now, it's a thing. It's I a thing I said. It. It's a thing I said earlier in the season, and yeah, now I'm like, well, I have to own up to this. Because the Raider, yeah, because the Raiders beat the Chiefs, and you guys beat the Raiders, but the Chiefs also beat you. So we got like a rock paper scissors thing going on. We're d- we're double better because we lost to them and then beat the Raiders. I think. No, you beat Raiders, Raiders beat Chiefs, Chiefs beat you. It's a rock, paper, scissors thing. Oh, they're double better than us, then. Don't check my math on this. It's there not. Is it's a fucking rock, paper, scissors thing. Nobody's double better than anyone. Yeah, it's double plus ungood. Um. <laughs> We're having to, like... I'm gonna fucking open up Visual Studio and start rocking, writing algorithms for your bullshit. Let's move on to the last game I have to talk about. Out of water. You can't win a championship without water, RJ. <laughs> water sucks. It really, really sucks. I don't have any Gatorade. I just have I just have G fuel. Uh huh. And like heart palpitations. Energy. Ah, G fuel's not that bad. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the last game, uh, or the last game I have to talk about, because I didn't really want to talk about the Monday night game. Well, we should probably talk about the Monday night game, but. Um, to talk about the Jets getting their pee stomped in? No, I don't want to talk about the Jets at all. We did the Jets minute. I want to talk about the Cowboys and the Eagles. Uh, and my number one note is, never mind, this game is just bad. Uh, but my number two note is, Carson Wentz joins the two-pick, two-loss fumble club. But Ben DiNucci. So that's a, that's a number one overall pick, a number two overall pick, and a league MVP. That's elite company right there, throwing two picks and losing two fumbles. Hell yeah. You know what frustrates me about this Eagles game? Like, the fact that we watched it? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it was the name of the episode last week, just defund the NFC East. But <laughs> yeah. um, the fact that, like, so I'm friends with Eagles fans. And I saw enough of this game to wonder why Eagles fans were so excited about the win. (laughs) Because on paper, it looks like a decent win despite the turnovers. But that was some of... Remember we talked about the difference between sloggy weather football and just ugly football? Yeah. This was ugly football. I would not be proud of any product the Eagles are putting on the field right now at any point in time. Aside from their almost comeback against the Pittsburgh Steelers during garbage time where, you know, harken back to uh, the herd's horrible take on quarterbacks because he just likes to shit on people. Um, It, I struggle, like, even though they picked up the win, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm starting to struggle to find reasons why Philly fans would be supporting Carson Wentz continuing on as like the undisputed starter in this team without some kind of competition besides the fact that you're a Philly fan 
So getting getting back to uh, I don't understand why they're so excited about this win. Do you know the name of Dallas's quarterback from that game? Ben DiNucci. Okay, you do. All right. I, I mean, I said that earlier, and you blew it off. Oh, I missed it. Sorry. I even went. I even did the finger thing. I you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm looking at notes and I get distracted. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when Dak Prescott dies, and then somebody tries to murder Aaron. Uh, fucking. Uh, fucking. What's his dick? Red Rocket. Yeah. The Red Rifle. Yep. Pew Andy Pew. Dalton. Andy Aaron. Dalton. A name guy. A name guy. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be my next um, Madden character. You know what? Speaking of Andy Dalton, you know he didn't get it suspended for that hit? Really? Yeah, just fine, no suspension. Literally drops a shoulder into a sliding quarterback and doesn't get suspended. Literally decapitates Andy Dalton and puts him in concussion protocol. Obviously knocks him unconscious, no suspension. Jesus. That's yeah. NFL totally wants to take care of their players. Awesome. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I only have one more note, which is that the 49ers are apparently without Jimmy G and George Kittle indefinitely. Sick. I, so, I, I kind of felt like that was a matter what's, of what's, what's the question you've got to ask me? So <laughs> is the 49ers season over? Yes. <laughs> Definitively. I, I don't know, man. Nick Mullins looked pretty fucking good in that game. <laughs> Like, Nick Mullins looked really good. <laughs> unless they've, I mean, listen, unless, isn't it Raheem Mostert? Isn't that their running back? Like. No, no, they're, like, rocking some fucking third-string cat right now. No, I'm talking uh, the the 49ers. Yeah, it's Mostert. Yeah, Mostert didn't play. They're rocking some fucking third-string guy right now. Mostert's oh, injured, he... too. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then, yeah, they got nothing. Yeah, they got Jamichael Hasty. That's... A, you know what? That's a good name for a running back. <laughs> I I told you they got some weird named guy. <laughs> if your if your last name is Hasty, that's yeah. that's a good name for a running back. Nah, Nick Mullins did all right. They can turn it around. It's fine. And then of course there's Use Check, which looks like somebody fucking threw up on a Scrabble board. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's about all the notes I have for this week. You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, DK Metcalf still a freak. It's um, accurate. Glad he's still winning me uh, fantasy games. Still wish we had drafted him. Uh, just a little bit. Sorry to make you edit, RJ. I'm sorry. Whatever. It's just one big cut at this point. Mm. Uh, so you asked me, is there anything else I wanted to talk about? Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I'll give so, you something to talk about. Yeah, games wise, just brushing over the scores. Uh, Atlanta Ooh. didn't fuck it up this week, so that's cool. And fucking uh, New Orleans squeaked one out in overtime. Uh, they need to figure out what the fuck they're gonna do. Um, Trade because, for a linebacker, apparently, is what they're gonna yeah. do. Correct. Um, that defense needs to figure it out. Uh, Nick Foles probably had the, one of the better performances this season, but it's against a relatively pedestrian secondary because they're struggling with injury and play. Uh, Drew Brees continuing to look like an aging game manager at this point, while Tampa Bay or while Tom Brady is not, because uh, he's out there just slinging the rock. Yep. Uh, yep. Speaking really of, annoying. Yep. So speaking of Tom Brady, we're going to move into the news section. Ooh, news. Uh, so we never covered uh, Antonio Brown to Tampa Bay. Send news. Did we not? No. Okay. And I hear Antonio Brown's going to Tampa Bay. Yeah. And if we did, it hasn't come up again. 
Uh, so the little part that I, if we did talk, I, Antonio Brown's going to Tampa Bay. That's a time bomb thing. They're going to keep an eye on him. All that it's fun now stuff. been zero days since we talked about Antonio <laughs> yep. Brown. But the only interesting part of it that I want to talk about is Antonio Brown is currently actually living with Tom Brady <laughs> until he gets a place in Tampa Bay. I'm sure the and, house uh, is big enough. Yeah. Oh, I, Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Tampa Bay, like the team or the city or both, bought him a fucking house to move down there. Do you think they carpool? Oh, 100%. <laughs> they, they like do like the virtual team meetings in Tom Brady's 70 fucking seat theater. <laughs> and then they carpool to the fucking facility. Um, and in when he was questioned, he said, uh, I'm just being a good teammate. So, good guy, Tom. Good guy, Tom. Yeah, second time he's played with Antonio Brown. I'm kind. I'm morbidly curious to see Antonio Brown on the field, lining if if he retains. Evidently, he's been reporting to like workouts, like in very good shape. Like not much conditioning they've had to do. So I've heard uh, it's it's mostly just offensive scheme, getting him comfortable in Bruce Arians' ridiculously fucking aggressive offense. Uh, I him lining up. With Rob Rob Gronkowski, who's finally getting more involved, Mike Evans, fucking, and just the myriad of secondary rotational pass catchers that that team has. Hasn't Mike Evans been kind of hurt though? Uh, he's been playing with like a nagging injury, but uh-huh. he's he's still been the feature guy. Okay, like he's obviously something he can play through. Um, because you're not, if it's look, Mike Evans is a big dude. You don't got to be that fast when you're just a big dude. Um, So I'm morbidly curious about how that offense is going to turn out with adding another weapon like Antonio Brown. Even if Antonio Brown is like 70% of what he used to be, that's still a really good fucking receiver to have rotationally or playing in the slot or being like your coverage decoy. Because now you have – because he can run – he can find gaps in – it, he's a zone he can read a zone like no other receiver in the in the league so even if he's just coming at you with his brain and like 60 percent of what he used to be, used to be that's still a scary fucking receiver it it totally disrupts the zone if if you're playing a zone a zone heavy defense it totally disrupts the zone and breaks out other receivers open uh because then they're going to start paying attention to him right and that team that team has too many weapons to want to pay attention to anybody but their weapons so uh, that's kind of interesting. It's a thing I want to keep an eye on. Uh, but really, besides that, um, we got our first mid-season quarterback tier list. Oh, yeah. And the results may not surprise you. Because 1, 2, and 3 is Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Ben Roethlisberger. I would have said Aaron Rodgers, but... Yeah, I... They're kind of taking into account records as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, as far as some surprises on this list. So, the way I, it, I'm referencing ESPN at this point. Some surprises on this list that I kind of wanted to talk about um, was they quantified it with, um, like, little... Instead of it, like, just being a straight-up, like, 1 through 32, it's, like, categories, and this is the best quarterback that fits the category. Uh, so, And some of these category names were pretty funny to me. So, obviously, they have, like, emerging rookie of the year, Justin Herbert in Los Angeles, because that dude is playing... I might have to eat crow about Justin Herbert over to, to a tongue of Iloa. Um, mm-hmm. 
depending on how Tua plays when his offense needs him to actually throw the ball. Um, uh, and right under that is most irrelevant debut, Tua Tunga Bailoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I can tend to agree with, but the one that cracked me up was uh, was Baker Mayfield got a category. It's the Leave Me Alone Award. So the it's got like so, three paragraphs too. Right. And their justification um is their justification of it is like is pretty much the ineffectiveness like when they're breaking down his stats for the season, he's the most ineffective when he's being pressured. Mm-hmm. And that happens to every quarterback in the league. So maybe we should give him a little bit of slack since he's pretty much performing as a standard quarterback in the league would. Uh, he is, in my opinion, underperforming his first-round pick Heisman status kind of thing. Right. But, like, it's... We're getting to the point in the conversation with Baker Mayfield, like we talked about uh, last week and the week before, Um like now the news cycles are just like why uh, can we stop talking about baker mayfield like he's okay he is average can we just leave him alone and let the team do whatever the fuck they need to do and it's just like thank you jesus i got people on my side still Um, five and three and he's playing fine yeah five and three and he's playing fine the defense needs to figure it out uh biggest disappointment candidates carson wentz and kirk cousins yeah about that carson Uh, wentz at number one yeah so especially when it comes to like biggest disappointment you've already expressed your uh uh, arguing, you already expressed arguing. Maybe um, instead of Ben Roethlisberger being on the on the list, um, you know somebody else. A Aaron, yeah, A Aaron is especially for the category of best throw because Aaron has like the sickest slang in the league. Um, but any any uh, going back to uh, biggest disappointment with Carson Wentz, uh, any argument in that in that front. Is Carson Wentz just a huge disappointment at this point? I think Carson Wentz is a broken product. I mean, I said this on the internet the other day. Maybe you, I'm not sure if you saw it or not. I didn't but, see it. That's an that's an interesting take, though. Explain. Uh, yeah, I got I got into a back and forth with a uh, with a friend of ours uh, who I've said fuck off to twice already on this podcast. I believe. Um, <laughs> love you, buddy. Um, but we basically got into this thing where, you know, he was excited about the Eagles winning, and I was like, why, uh, was was my main take. Um, but, like, Carson Wentz at this point, I think, is just a broken product. Like, they, like, they, he's, like, both physically and potentially at this point mentally not there. Like, um, it's it, it almost feels like when Andrew Luck was trying to play through all of his injuries and stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. you can see that the will is clearly there, but the body sure. just isn't. Um, Carson, like I, like he still seems effective as an athlete and as a thrower, like most of the time, but there's just this element there. And I don't, and, and I don't even watch him that frequently. So maybe this is just of the little bit that I've seen. But, you know, I watched a fair amount of that Eagles-Dallas game, and it was not fun to watch. And it's just like, he's not he's not the number one, he's not the 1A, 1B quarterback of the draft that he once was. 
And I think getting injured and then watching somebody else win a Super Bowl plays into that when you can't turn around and reproduce that. Yeah, and there's some startling stats along with the Carson Wentz. And they're uh, paying him a lot of money. They're paying him a lot of money. And there's some startling stats when it comes to Carson Wentz and his play this year. You know he's uh, his turnover total is a 16. Jesus. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I don't care how much grit you have. Like, if you're not winning games early and taking care of the ball, comeback wins aren't impressive. Comeback wins don't win playoff games. You know? Right. I mean, because even, even what's the big knock on Josh Allen right now? It's ball security and stuff, and, mm-hmm. he's bare, and he's still barely turning it over. Like, if Josh Allen had 16 turnovers right now, they'd be, like the Bills would be a laughing stock. Yeah, we'd, we'd be having a completely different Buffalo conversation. So, uh, it's... The reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I'm starting to feel like the uh, sports media at this point is starting to get very polarized about Carson Wentz. It's either like they're keeping him in high regard because of his, of his toughness and his tenacity, which 100% agree. Yeah, respect one, that. He, yeah, I respect that, and he's one of the toughest some bitches out there in the field right now. But he's kind of doing the same thing, like you said, Andrew Luck is, where he's either not being protected or he's not protecting himself, which is showing a lot of inefficiency on the field when it comes to just going and playing football. Yeah, you know they're the having to rely. Abil- the best ability is availability. Yeah, they're tr- having to play a lot of. They're having to do a lot of schoolyard bullshit to stay in these fucking games because Carson Wentz just doesn't have any help, and the team is not built around him to succeed the way it was no. when they went to the Super Bowl three years ago. No, um, and he didn't even win that game. Like he got hurt in right. the regular season, and luckily they had Nick Foles, who's great for six games, and that's yep. it. <laughs> he, got, he got a good him him and ryan fitzpatrick got a solid five or six uh nick Foles. the only difference is he can string them together most of the time yep ryan's like oops i won one mm-hmm. so staying on quarterbacks breaking news uh, not really this is from almost two hours ago uh matt stafford he's on the reserved COVID 19 list on that COVID. yeah uh Thoughts, he caught that opinions, purple stuff. Concerns. Uh, I th- think the lines are bad, so I don't really. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. What am I concerned about? They already suck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's unfortunate. Don't like seeing people getting the COVID. Um, yeah, T's and P's to Stafford, so, especially since he had a false positive earlier this year. Well, and, and, what and the, he got like well, ran out of town because of it. Yeah, right. And all this really means, though, uh, the COVID, the the. The reserve COVID-19 list, all it means is that he either tested positive or was in close contact with somebody who did. Right. So he may not have it, but he was around somebody that did. Yeah, because I think it was for Buffalo, Dawson Knox tested positive and the whole tight end room got taken out because of it. Yep, and they still ain't there. Yeah. Um, so... According to according to Matt Patricia, it's not going to change anything. Blah blah blah. I don't. It's it's a is David is, Math- is David Blass still their backup? I think so. And like Matthew Stafford's literally the only good thing that has, that team has going for him. So yeah, that um, and the million dollars they're saving from paying Calvin Johnson. Yes. Which is a really obscure thing, but you know. <laughs> yep, David uh, Blah. David Blah. And then so, Chase Daniel. Mm-hmm. So we'll see who starts. Yep. 
Are we gonna have a quarter? Are we gonna have a quarterback controversy midseason? Probably not. Probably not. So, who do the Bills play next week? Seattle. How do you feel about that game? I know we touched on it briefly, but I mean, Seattle's got to travel to Buffalo. But I think, I think I heard a stat where fucking Russell Wilson's ten and zero in his last ten games on the East Coast. So. That doesn't fill me with confidence. He's he's bringing the kitchen back to the East Coast, baby. Yeah, it's like no, I I swear to God, Russell's like, oh, and I've got time to get back home for church. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a three hour time difference. It won't affect my day at all. Yeah, like, yeah. Is it a is it a prime time game or is it just a? I, I want to I want to say it's regular one in the afternoon. Just, gotcha. Um, kind of yeah. nice if it'd be kind of yeah, nice if a marquee matchup like that was. Primetime games. Well, our next primetime game. Well, we have back to back primetime games coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in a couple weeks, but at the 49ers and then versus the Steelers uh, are both late night games. I think one's a Sunday night, one's a Monday night. Gotcha. Yeah, next week. Although, next week's primetime oh. game's going to be New Orleans and Tampa Bay, so I'm not necessarily super mad about that. Yeah, so it's forty. It's forty niners prime time. Steelers prime time at Broncos, which is TBD. So that could be flexed to a prime time, and then at Patriots prime time. So hell yeah, getting some prime time love. Right, right at the end of the season when it's probably important. And again, we were supposed to have our Thursday night game against the Chiefs, but that got pushed. But that mm-hmm. ended up basically being a Monday night game. So gotcha. Monday afternoon mm-hmm. game. Um. Uh, yeah, like kind of like we were talking about a little bit earlier. Um, it might be a game where both teams throw all over each other. Uh, so it'll be interesting. It'll be we'll see how Trey White matches up against DK Metcalf. I'm gonna, oh boy, <laughs> gonna, gonna bet that's not gonna go great. I, I bet you DK could run him down. Yeah. Jordan Poyer for like a big pick on DK. Uh, some some crossing route in the end zone shit. So, probably. I have a question for you, RJ. What's up? So, Javon Wims, they upheld his two-game suspension. Are you familiar with this situation? Oh, uh, is this the dude who punched the other dude? Yeah. Why do people punch people in the helmet? Yo, I think we've talked about this before and just said you shouldn't do that because it's I'm gonna, stupid. I'm going to keep bringing it up every time I fucking see it because it's stupid. Also, also, did you hear how long it was in between those altercate? Like, like cornerback did something, and then like eleven plays later. Yeah, he was just like, or, or no, not eleven plays. Eleven minutes later. Yeah, he waited. He good on Javon Wims for waiting until the game until it didn't affect the game. That's what he. That's pretty much what was affirmed. Was like it occurred when he knew it wouldn't affect the game, but he was going to get that boy back. Wow, and it's like, like. He literally just walked up to CJGJ and punched him in the side of the helmet. And then CJ's reaction was classic. It was just like, the fuck? And then he punched him again. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so um, he got suspended, but Andy Dalton's attempted murderer didn't. So that's yeah. cool. I guess you punch him in the helmet because, like... It's hard to aim for an arm. You're wearing chest armor anyways. There's an unwritten rule about you don't go below the belt. I don't know. Just bring, like, I don't know, sneak a pencil in your sock and stab him or something. I'm just, like, just suplex him. Like, yeah, seriously? <laughs> fucking. Get some NFL blitz on and just, like, put that man on his back. Yeah, this game is, a. Uh, football is weird. 
Or just, um, like, get an illegal block in the back later on. I don't know. Fuck. So, uh, quick rundown of a couple other things. Uh, the 49ers had to shut down their entire facility due to a COVID positive. Hot. Because uh, one of their wide receivers tested positive. Um, it looks like Christian McCaffrey's on the mend, and he's going to be back shortly. That's good. And uh, the Jets are officially the favorite for the number one pick by the end of the year. Who would have thunk it? 53.7% or 57.3%, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Surprising literally no one. Literally no one. So, uh, Keith, how do I feel about our projections for next week? I feel pretty good. Well, you can't lose. I don't have to watch football, so that's nice. I don't have to watch Browns football, that is. I don't. (laughs) I don't have to chew a hole in my tongue. Yeah, you will watch football because I think the Seahawks Bills game will be one to watch. Yes, no, there's there's going to be some good fo- good football next week. Um, is there any other good football next week? Oh yeah, dude. Uh, we got Raiders Raiders Chargers could be good. Yeah, Raiders Chargers, fucking uh, Green oh, Bay, shit. San Francisco, Miami Miami Arizona. There's a barn burner waiting to happen. Oh boy! And then the primetime game on Sunday is going to be uh, New Orleans and Tampa Bay. So, oh my God, a... the Monday night game is New England and the Jets. I know. Who decided ex- that? Why is dumb, that dumb, not dumb Buffalo, people. Seattle? They should just. I switch think they em. should flex that game. They should have <laughs> flexed that game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because nobody wants to watch New England in its current state play the fucking Jets. No, nobody. Oh, and then I saw some ridiculous stat on Cam where it's like, since he came back from COVID, he's like 0-3, thrown five interceptions, like some other like garbage nonsense. Like, he was not having a good game. He can't smell the football right. Yeah. That's, he can't smell... M- m- well, you know, if he keeps playing like this, he's going to smell what The Rock's cooking. In the fucking XFL. <laughs> was the joke I was making. I, yeah, I got it. You had to lead me there a little bit, but I got it. It's always, always better when you got to explain the Rock, it. <laughs> yeah, I, always, I keep forgetting The Rock bought the XFL. Hell yeah, he did. Because they're going to play eventually at some point. Probably not. Nah, they probably will. Yeah, they probably will. Um, but if that's all we've got to talk about... So that's been the 4th and Wrong Podcast for November the 4th, 2020. Uh, say goodbye, Keith. Yeah, it has, bro. Yeah. Bye, Keith. (laughs) I hate that.
We have slightly um, breaking news. Oh, uh, yeah? Uh, Matthew Stafford is on the COVID-19 reserve list. Man, that wasn't breaking news. That's on my list. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, sorry. I just looked at my phone. I mean, yeah, I can cut that out. It's like an hour and a half ago. You're like an hour and a half ago. How this podcast was an hour and a half ago. I was going to say, how long have we been recording for? <laughs> One hour that's, and eight minutes. <laughs> that's how long it's been since I looked at my phone. Yeah. Um, also, The Athletic, not always the fastest like news reporter. Fuckers. I don't know how that's going to look at the end. <laughs>